You are listening to Scott Lieberman on Leading the Charge. This is Scott Lieberman on Leading the Charge with Believe in Chargers, only on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Well, game one is in the books, and what an edge-of-your-seat battle it was. The AFC West could come down to the Chargers and Chiefs after the sudden departure of Antonio Brown for the Raiders. Austin Eckler makes a case to continue rolling the rock, even if Melvin Gordon returns. We pick the games for week two, and a look ahead versus the Lions. It's all here on Believe in Chargers' own Leading the Charge. Just a reminder that if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us on the web at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts on all your social media accounts. Before we start, you can find me on Twitter at TheGoodSport82, that's at TheGoodSport, T-H-E-G-O-O-D-S-P-O-R-T-8-2 for all your sports-specific updates, Chargers questions you may have, and every now and then, and more times than I can count, a little humor. Hooray! As you all know, I talked about Hurricane Dorian hitting by my parents' house last week, which had me feeling a little bit down, but it did no such thing, I'm proud to say. That's just how badass my mom and dad are. Not even a Category 5 would dare confront them. Take that, devil's wind! Anyways, as you all probably assumed, I spent my weekend obviously watching the games, and being that I'm such a fantasy football fanatic... Always going back and forth between my two leagues, I'm happy to say that I won one of the two to start the season. Don't you just love it when your opponent talks trash to you before the game even happens and you win? Hey, me too. It's a beautiful thing. And shout out to the Chargers own Austin Eckler for the 40-burger helping me out. Thank you so much. He was so money he didn't even know it. And uh, speaking of money, if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHARGERS to activate the offer. That's promo code CHARGERS, C-H-A-R-G-E-R-S. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Now let's talk about our hometown Chargers. But before we get to that, did you know the Chargers got their name when former owner Baron Hilton, yes, of the Hilton family, selected it because of the bugle call. That was often sounded during the USC football games at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. Pretty cool story. I did not even know that. But uh, that's what heavy research does for you, folks. So, time to get it started. Let's have a recap of what we just witnessed on the field in the Chargers' 30-24 overtime win versus the Colts. All right, so let's start on the offensive side of the ball, shall we? Phillip Rivers going 25 for 34, 333 yards through the air, three touchdowns, and a pick. That's a lot of threes there. I like it. I would say he's back to his comfort zone, the end zone, that is, of course. Ha, 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 ha. Yes, uh, Phillip Rivers definitely played a pretty much pitch-perfect game. Obviously, there's no problems on that offensive side of the ball. He's making good decisions aside from the one pick, but... Uh, Moving forward, I think he's going to be all right. Keenan Allen, wide receiver with eight grabs for 123 yards and a score. No surprise there. He clearly is Rivers' favorite target on this team. Although I would like to see Hunter Henry uh, being involved a little bit more. But uh, he had his fair share of catches yesterday. Um, Nothing that stuck out to me, although I want to see the tight end game a little bit more in the end zone, considering uh, the Chargers have had that type of uh, style in the past. And uh, that's what's made him successful, too. Now, the man who stood out the most to me, Austin Feed Me Eckler, lighting up the scoreboard, both on the ground and in the air. 12 carries for 58 yards, pay dirt, and only second behind Allen on the stat board with six catches for 96 yards and two touchdowns. These three players making up for yesterday's win. Uh, It's crazy. The big three, who would have thunk it that Austin Eckler would be as like a pinball machine as he was yesterday. It was crazy the way he was doing it, not to mention the fact that I have him on my fantasy team, so I was paying close attention uh, for double reasons. I said it before the season started that Melvin Gordon helps this team immensely, but we have the formula to win games on offense, regardless of whether he's there or not. Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Phillip Rivers, Mike Williams, for crying out loud. These guys all have what it takes to put points on the board. The Chargers are a smart, methodical team, and they know how to move the ball down the field. And I just have to say, I was very impressed what I saw yesterday from the offense, especially for the first game of the season. You know, in the preseason, uh, you see a lot of the backups and everything. You don't see the starters as much. So yesterday, the first game, I always say it's a time to work out the kinks a little bit and to for everyone to get on the same page. And it looks like the Chargers have not even lost a step from last year. Of course, they lost in the playoffs last year, but this is definitely a good taste of things to come. So I like what I'm seeing. Now on the defensive side of the ball, we have two sacks by Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. They're the top two dogs on the defense. But if this team wants to continue laying down the law, they're going to have to get better, especially in that backfield. For one, they have to create more turnovers on defense. With an Andrew Luck-less Colts team, the Chargers defense helped them stay in this game. And not to say that the Colts don't have any firepower, which they do in the names of T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack, but the Chargers have to get more pressure to the QB. Two sacks is not necessarily going to get it done. It helps, 
but they also have to work more in coverage not to make the games go to overtime. This game nearly became a shootout, which pretty much it was, and thankfully we got out with the win, but that secondary needs to step up. Uh, The one takeaway I got from this game is, I just said it before, Austin Eckler is definitely the player to watch out for. He out-touched Justin Jackson 18-7 in this game, and that's what we were kind of uh, predicting before the season started. I said there would be like a 70 to 30% um, ratio of carries between the two. And then the coach started talking about uh, 50-50 split. Uh, but I see Eckler as being the workhorse from here on out. And obviously Justin Jackson also getting a big piece of the pie. But Eckler definitely the player to watch out for. And that's kind of how this offense is going to move the football in the games to come. Uh, I could say Austin Eckler is definitely a Swiss Army knife. He's a man of utility. He can bring it. He does everything from the backfield to picking up blocks to running the ball through the holes. He's just an all-around great player. He's kind of like a uh, Chris Thompson, if you will, for the Redskins, which many of you may not remember, but I grew up in the D.C. area as a huge Redskins fan. Still love them to this day, but they're a pretty hard team to watch, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, Austin Eckler, player to watch out for. He's going to definitely be – he's going to make a case for a Pro Bowl year this year uh, as long as Melvin Gordon stays off the field. And I think even when Gordon comes back, uh, the Chargers may want to think about uh, keeping Eckler around in a good sum of those carries. It's a great win. Uh, Definitely a time to start phasing out the kinks of the preseason like I just said. But now we're off to Detroit this week to take on the Lions, which I also see as another win. Now, the Lions and the Cardinals tied this week down there in Arizona. Obviously, Detroit is looking to get in the win column. No one likes a tie. I personally, just real quick, I hate ties. Um, There must be a winner. There must be a loser. And in the game of football, there are ties. And nothing grinds my gears more than a tie. I would rather lose a game just knowing that I accepted the loss than the tie. Actually, that may not be totally true, just in case a playoff spot comes into play. But it's just a tie. You just don't know how to feel. You're just kind of not on even keel. It's It's a bit of a seesaw. It comes down to kind of how you sit in the standings when it comes to a tie. But luckily, it's earlier in the season for the Lions. But that's neither here nor there. Anyways, Detroit's at look... They're looking to get in the win column, but between these two offenses, I like the Chargers in this one. The defense will obviously have to step it up even more because Matt Stafford has that arm, and he can deliver the goods when he has to. Despite the tie, he pretty much had a pitch-perfect game throwing three touchdowns and 385 yards through the air, and now he has a new arsenal of weapons in tight end TJ Hawkinson, veteran Danny Amendola, who accounted for the bulk of their offense. If this Chargers team wants to win this game... They have to buckle down on that defense. Get more pressure to the quarterback. Maybe more blitzes from the backfield, too, to rattle uh, Stafford's cage. But uh, we have to get more involved in the downfield threats and really looking to apply pressure. And really, look for the ball more than the player on defense. That's what creates turnovers. If you remember Seattle Seahawks' Legion of Boom, that's why they were so good. They were ball hawks. Uh, no pun intended, but that's what they did. Watching them play all the time, those little dink and dunk passes from the opposing teams, they would get to the ball right away. They played a mini, they, it was like they were playing a miniature game within those 10 yards. It was a mini game of getting to the ball within three yards to five yards to holding the team 
to not getting the 10 yards down the field. Now, 10 yards in real life is not that much, but when you have a defense uh, standing in your way from getting those 10 yards, it's very difficult. And the only way this team is going to win ball games by a landslide is by getting the defense more involved in pressure situations. And if we play anything like we did against the Colts the other day, it could be a long day against Detroit. Now, I see us winning this, but I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford, excuse me, Stafford goes off. Now let's talk about this division. The Kansas City Chiefs seem to be the talk of the town. And why shouldn't they be? They came this close to going to the Super Bowl last year. But now with the Raiders' most recent departure of egotistical maniac Antonio Brown and the Broncos' wait-and-see approach with what Joe Flacco does, do the Chargers have what it takes to win this division? All right, so the Chargers have two chances to play the Chiefs. Now, I actually wouldn't have a problem if they split because the Chiefs are elite. They're easily a top-three team in this in this NFL right now. Uh, you have so many playmakers on that team, from Mahomes to Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, who's out for a few weeks, and even Sammy Watkins came up yesterday, and he's killing it over there. You have so many playmakers, and now you got LaShawn McCoy in the backfield with Damian Williams. It's just endless with that team. It's almost like they don't even need their defense to play. They score so many points. That's what this Chargers team needs to model themselves after. Take a page out of your enemy's book a little bit. You know what they say, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. That's what the Chiefs' recipe for success is. I honestly, what I just said, the Chargers having split if they split both games with the Chiefs this year I call that a win because by the end of the season I see the Chargers winning most of their out of division games and they could definitely make a case for winning this division but it's all going to come down on the defensive shoulder excuse me the defense's shoulders to uh handle that low because the offense you know for years they've uh, made their case for being a uh, contender in the postseason so we'll see what happens with that Now, a lot of people ask me what my Antonio Brown opinion is. I watched Hard Knocks this year, and it was filled with drama. And I would have loved to have seen him play for the Raiders, but, you know, Patriots picked him up um, as he became a free agent this past weekend. Huge mind blow. And I think a lot of people saw it coming. I believe in this conspiracy that Antonio Brown fixed this so he could set himself up to go to the Patriots by complaining about being with the Raiders. The Raiders were just his decoy or his scapegoat, if you will, to be able to get picked up by the Patriots. Now, the Patriots didn't have enough money to give him a long-term deal in the offseason, so he signed with a team that could afford it, being the Raiders. And then now that the Raider, now that he was with the Raiders, he caused all this rocket with the helmet, with anything he could think of, and then he asked for a release. I personally think the Raiders got dirtied on this deal, especially the fans. Now, hate him if you want to, Chargers fans, but, you know, you pay a player that much money, not that you're going to have to now, and then he screws you in the end, only to go to the team that's won so many Super Bowls with arguably the greatest player of all time at quarterback, and an endless amount of wide receivers. You have Edelman. You have Josh Gordon. Now you got Philip Dorsett from the U. Had to. Um, you've just got so many playmakers. Then you got Antonio Brown. They have like four number one wide receivers. It's crazy. 
the Patriots would pick him up. And I can't say that I'm the least bit surprised that they did. That's going to be the biggest challenge in the AFC this entire year. I mean, as it has been in previous years, but now more so with Brown going to the Patriots. We'll see what he does with uh, Brady and how he handles himself in um, a Bill Belichick offense because, you know, they're not going to take any crap from him. He is uh, guys out of his mind, in my opinion. He's a highly, highly talented player, no doubt, no questions asked. But he's got to cool the Jets, man. And I don't see, I'm not, I, I think this Patriots relationship will work out. But in terms of the diva that he's been, uh, we'll see what happens um, there. But I believe in those conspiracies. I, be, I, I kind of believe in that conspiracy that he was not, he was not dedicated to playing for the Raiders this year. He knew the Patriots wanted him, and the only way they could get him was for him to complain, get a release, and then they sign him for a one-year uh, deal and fifteen million. So that's just me, and I think another. I think many others can uh, share those sentiments too. All right, so back to Chargers talk and Melvin Gordon, who there's no shortage of talking about. Looks like he may return around week six to eight. Looks like he'll play on his $5.6 million fifth-year option if he does come back. And by returning before week 10, the season will count and qualify him for free agency at the end of the 2019 year, which makes sense. Who doesn't want to collect $5.6 million? Um, And then we'll see what happens if the... uh, if the Chargers want to go after him next year or he's going to uh, seek a new team. We'll find out more as the season goes on. So, But the latest with Gordon is that the Eagles apparently offered the Chargers a trade to ship out running back Georgian, excuse me, Jordan Howard and a couple mid-round picks for him, but they turned it down. So no going to Philly this time, Melvin. Some of the Chargers' notable injury updates uh, from yesterday. Wide receiver Mike Williams, who injured his knee in the second half, appears to be all right, which is great news because we need him on the other side of the ball of Keenan Allen. He said his knee tightened up a little bit, but it seemed that it would be okay going forward, which is great news. Cornerback Michael Davis. Davis was pulled out with a hamstring injury. He did not return, leaving Brandon Faison to fill in for him the rest of the game. Following the matchup, Coach Anthony Lynn said, hopefully it's not too bad. So, yeah, we'll need you back for the next game, Michael Davis. Please get well, and good to hear about Mike Williams, too. All right, on to week two. I'm going to give you my pickums for this coming week. Let's start Thursday night, Buccaneers at Panthers. I'm going to take the Panthers in that one. On to Sunday, September 15th. I'm going to take the the uh, Ravens over the Cardinals at Baltimore. I hate to say it, but I'm going to take Dallas over the Redskins at Washington. I'm going to take the Titans over the Colts in Tennessee. I'm going to take the Steelers over the Seahawks in Pittsburgh. I'm going to take the Giants over the Bills in, well, I would say New York, but uh, they both play, actually, technically the Giants... The Bills are the only team that technically play in New York. In New York, the Giants and Jets both play in Jersey. But I'm going to take the Giants at home versus the Bills in that one. I'm going to take the Bengals over the 49ers in Cincinnati. Uh, The next one, you know it, folks. Chargers over Lions in Detroit. I'm going to take the Packers over the Vikings in Green Bay. I'm going to take the Texans over the Jaguars in Houston. Well, this is a no-brainer. Patriots over the Dolphins at Miami. Sorry, Miami fans. Chiefs over Raiders at Oakland. Saints 
over the Rams at L.A. I'm going to take the Broncos over the Bears in Denver. I'm going to take the uh, excuse me the Philadelphia Eagles over the Falcons in Atlanta. And then next Monday night, we have the Browns and the Jets. I'm going to take the Jets over the Browns at home. So those are my picks coming up for the week. If you have anything to add to that, please catch me on Twitter. You know about that. At the Good Sport 82 at T-H-E-G-O-O-D-S-P-O-R-T-8-2. And just a reminder that if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us on the web at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com and at Believe Podcasts on your social media accounts. Now, on to our questions. First, we have JB from Parker, Colorado. JB asks, who had more fans in the stadium last year, Chargers or the opposing team? Well, JB, I think it really depend I think it really depended on who the opposing team was, depending on how well they travel. I mean, if you get uh well, considering LA is a breeding ground for people from other cities and states which are which pretty much make up the entirety of the city. I would say uh, you get more opposing teams last year, especially because the Chargers moved up from San Diego, and I think San Diego had a lot of people that were bitter about it, so they pretty much dropped their uh, their following the Chargers from their uh, from their tiers for the years, and probably moved on to other teams. So I would probably say uh, the opposing teams had more. Uh, fans at the games last year. And I even witnessed it, too, um, quite a few times. Uh, When the Redskins came to town, it seemed that there was more uh, burgundy and gold in the stands, which is interesting, too. But it didn't seem to phase the Chargers because they still won games. They went to the playoffs last year. And that home field advantage thing, even though they're playing a soccer stadium, uh, seems to be to their advantage, even if the opposing team is bringing in more fans. So, yeah, there's that. Lenny in Sarasota, Florida asks, who will be the Chargers running back for the rest of the year? Excuse me, the starting running back for the rest of the year. Well, I seem to answer this question many times. Uh, It looks like Austin Eckler is going to carry most of the load for now. Obviously, Justin Jackson backing him up. And definitely, if if Austin Eckler goes down, I can see Jackson, you know, He's definitely going to get the bulk of the carries there, and they'll probably have to, uh, you know, look at the practice squad after that. But I don't see Austin Eckler really going down. He's quite a uh, a heavy metal built human being, so I think they'll be all right. But yeah, Austin Eckler is going to be the starting running back from here on out. And even when Melvin Gordon comes back, they're probably going to ease him back into the lineup. So still going to be Eckler, in my opinion. Now, Mel from South Florida asks, what's it going to take for the Chargers to have another Melvin on the team to create the three Melvins? Well, Mel, uh, I would say give him a call. Coach Anthony Lynn could probably use another Melvin. And uh, if you ask me, Ingram and Gordon, Gordon not being with the team right now, they could possibly use another Melvin to fill in for Gordon. So we'll see what they do with that because the Chargers aren't used to having just one Melvin on the team. We need two. So I would say call up the organization and see if they have a need for one more Melvin. So there's that. And I don't think Mel Gibson's available, so we're going to have to go with you, Mel. All right. That about wraps it up. Stay tuned for updates on my Twitter page, at the Good Sport 82 
We will start bringing on special guests in the form of former players, football experts from the NFL Network, comedians, and a few other surprises for weeks to come. Folks, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. This is Leading the Charge on Believe in Chargers. I'm Scott Lieberman. I love spreading the news to you. I love having fun with it. Next time, I'll also give you another Jim Carrey impersonation if you have any sort of request about that and who I should be talking to, which Jim Carrey character you want me to play. Please tweet at me, text me, call me. That's only if you're my friend, of course. I'm not giving my number out just to, uh, to just anybody. But definitely tweet me, ask the questions, do what you need to do. Love you all. This is Leading the Charge. I'm Scott Lieberman. Good night.